you can't really know anything. To know something, you, you think you have it pinned down. You, you have it, this is it, this is, you know, you boxed it up, you know it. It can't change. But there's nothing in the universe like that. Everything changes. Welcome to another episode of Sauna Sessions. My name is Prince EA, and today I'm joined by my my lovely producer, Dustin. And we've got a special show today. We're, we're answering your questions. You sent some questions in, and I can't wait to jump into them. So without further ado, Dustin, let's, let's go. What's the first question? All right. So this first one is from Pablo. Hey, Prince. What's up? What's Pablo. up? Love the show, man. Love the show. So here's my question. Um, what are the steps to follow when you're like in your mid-20s and you feel lost in life? You feel like you tried a lot of things and you still haven't figured out your path, your purpose. So um, what are the steps to take from there? Pablo, thank you so much for that question. Big question. This is a question I've actually done a few pieces of content on. So if you search for everybody in their 20s needs to see this, <laughs> a video on YouTube, that will give you some some good insights I also just released, just released yesterday, a video called Monk Mode, and I outline a protocol. It's a six-month protocol, or you know, you can break it up to sixty-six days if you want. I recommend um, recommend both, but it's a protocol to really bring you to the point where you you have a strong foundation. Because I think so many people are focused on what do I do? What do I do? What do I do, Prince? What do I do? I don't know what to do. And I say, you just told me why you don't know what to do. You're focused on the wrong thing. You're working on the to-do list when you should be focused on the to-be list. Your 20s is an area in your life, a place in your life, a time in your life where you start. You, you need to build a strong foundation of you. So you need to start working on yourself, period. So that means your body. You know, you need to you need to build your body, build these these great habits because these habits will take you far for the rest of your life. What are your mindset habits? What are you reading? Uh, what books can help you become the greatest versions of yourself? Version of yourself. You don't need to know what to do if you simply focus on being the best version, having the best mindset, having the best uh, physical health, mental health, emotional health. What you will do will, will easily and swiftly manifest after that. I tell people that all the time. But also, you know, you brought up a good thing. You say you've tried so many things. You've tried so many things. And that's that's beautiful. Continue to do that. Uh, continue to, 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 to try many things. Focus on building your identity because it doesn't matter what you end up doing. Your identity is is transferable. To anything, a strong identity will, will will allow you to be successful in any endeavor. So, amazing question, amazing question. I, I'd also suggest, you know, because when I was going through a period in my life where I didn't, I felt lost, right? I think we all we all go through these these periods if we're honest, you know, if we're if we're truly honest, and and we have to take a pause and. I have periods in my life where I've taken pauses and I may have another period in 10 years where I take a pause. Okay. What am I, you know, where am I? Am I on the, on the right path? Am I, am I living this life to my, my best abilities? Am I enjoying this, this journey or am I, 
obsessed with uh, ambition and am I obsessed with everybody else's opinion of what I'm doing or am I truly living from my heart? And so there's one, one man who I absolutely will recommend. Absolutely. His name is Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell wrote a book called A Hero with a Thousand Faces. He's got many books, many books and many uh, interviews. I would suggest diving into his work because he says, follow your bliss. Follow your bliss. I've mentioned this time and time again. Now, bliss doesn't mean excitement. <laughs> bliss doesn't mean, you know, having orgies. It doesn't mean, you know, doing drugs. It doesn't. Bliss means what brings you peace? What brings you a state of, of wonder, of, of fulfillment? Follow that and you can't go wrong. His, his books are amazing. In fact, one, one fact about Joseph Campbell that I just learned. So George Lucas has a quote about Joseph Campbell. He said, had I not met Joseph Campbell, I'd still be trying to write Star Wars. So Joseph Campbell actually inspired the man <laughs> who wrote Star Wars, and he's inspired so many other people. And my brother, listening to, if you're listening to this, I would absolutely suggest you to dive into Joseph Campbell's work. Use it almost as a Bible because it's the exact solution that I think you're looking for. So if you, if you do those things, if you focus on your mindset, your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, building up your identity, definitely check out lifeuniversity.com. I'm doing courses, how to build an unshakable identity then whatever you end up doing, you're going to be you're going to be successful with it. So thank you so much for the question. All right. This next one is from Simna Kiwi. Greetings, friends EA. My question is, what is the most leading cause of depression and what are the most beneficial ways to deal with them on a daily basis? Thank you so much for submitting that question. I couldn't quite your audio quality wasn't wasn't the best, but I'm going to try to give you an answer from what I heard. One of the most common causes of, of confusion and how do you deal with it on a daily basis? I think it's all it all comes down to the mind. It's like when you believe the thoughts about confusion, you're going to be confused. A baby isn't confused. A baby is simply purely experiencing without judgment. This is why the Buddhists say one of the one of the most important principles that, that you can attain is the beginner's mind. So when you can come to a, a situation, an issue, a problem with curiosity, the curiosity of a beginner. There's no confusion there. It's, it's, a, it's a different energy. It's a curiosity. I think when we get into relationship issues, right, where we, we can get confused about why would our partner do this? Why would they say that? But how about we get curious? Why did they do that? Huh? Why did they only why they said that? It's a different energy. And this is why I think curiosity is, is such an important attribute to have, not just in your relationships, but in your entire life to not respond with, with conflict, but always respond with, with curiosity to try, to try to get a deep understanding of things, right? The, when you can get a deep understanding of things, that's when we can get closer to, to being in a loving state, right? Confusion is not a loving state, at least the confusion, the, the way you say it. Now, there's a man named Osho who says, uh, actually, it's, it's very valuable to be confused. It's very important to be confused because when you, when you think you know everything, when you think you know it all, that's when you, you live a dead life. You can't really know anything. To know something, you, you think you have it pinned down. You, you have it. This is it. This is, you know, you've boxed it up. You know it. It can't change. But there's nothing in the universe like that. Everything changes. 
So there's multiple ways to approach this depending on your preference, right? So can you see confusion as, as, as Osho said it, as, as just a, a bowing to the mystery, an ability to, to not listen to the mind when it forms a judgment, when it puts a, a conclusion on anything in life, but to simply be in awe. And I really do think awe <laughs> and wonder are the highest states of, of attainment and achievement that a human being can, can be into. I mean, love is, is truly a state of awe, truly a state of wonder. This is how you get into the flow state, right? Stephen Kotler's work about flow, the flow state is all about getting into a state of wonder. So yeah, I think understanding that, that nothing is, is in your control, nothing can, can be totally, fully, 100% understood, but you just come to a, a degree of, of an understanding about it. That's one way to just soften, just soften to, to life so that you, you can convert that confusion into curiosity that confusion into wonder, awe, mystery, opportunity. All right. So the next one is from from Caleb. Hi, Prince A. You are my, my inspiration. I'm very proud of you, Oprah. I wanted to ask, how can I be an activist and how can I start to write spoken word? I always uh, have that feeling that I should write something about like spoken word. How can I do that, bro? I'm really impressed about the way you motivate us, the way you write your, your poems or your speeches or your books. Thanks, bro. How can I do it? Can you please help me? You are my inspiration. I got chills, man. I love this guy's energy. I love his energy. <laughs> you know, throughout history, it's been the prized profession of so many different cultures. So poetry, you know, I love the movie, the movie Contact with Jodie Foster. I, I, I recommend everybody watch that, uh, that movie because it, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. But in this movie, Jodie Foster is a scientist and she gets the opportunity to go into space and travel to, uh, to an alien society. And as she's traveling there, she is just, just awestruck. One of my favorite lines in the movie is she says that she's only going on this journey. She's just filled with such, such beauty, such wonder, such amazement. She says, oh my gosh, they shouldn't have sent me. They should have sent a poet. Because <laughs> the scientific mind that she has couldn't describe the beauty that she experienced, only a poet can. So a poet, I'm so happy that you're interested in this. I don't even know if it's a, you call it a field. It's like it's a way of life. And so I think if you want to get into spoken word poetry, then like anything else, you develop a deep obsession with it. You study the best that are doing it, right? You study how they write. You study how they deliver their spoken word poetry, right? You, you break everything down. You, you copy them. You, you, you steal their style like an artist. You steal, if it's me, you steal my style, right? You, you, you take my style. Then as you, as you grow, you start to develop your own. That's the easiest way. That's what every great, I think, artist and, and even athletes have done. I mean, you see Kobe Bryant. I mean, there are clips on where, where 
the great Kobe Bryant would would emulate the exact same moves of Michael Jordan, the, the, the turnaround jump shot over and over and over and over and over and over again. So that's how you that's how you get good at something. You copy the best that are doing it. And then you get into you can get into a place of innovation. Right. You start to put your own spin on it. You, you start to experiment. Also, as far as spoken word goes, you need to read more. You need to read more books, period, because what I found is that I have so many more ideas about the world, so many more perspectives about the world, the more I read. So I'm a big reader. I listen to listen to audiobooks pretty much every day of my life. And it's so important to, to develop a first a large vocabulary. Uh, that's important to, to be able to use many different words that, that might might point to the feeling or the emotion that you want to convey, right? So you need to upgrade your, your, your syntax, your speech. That's crucial. But yeah, I think, I think keeping it simple, man, you know, we could just do it. Just get into it, you know, study the best, copy the best and get out there. Definitely work on your flow, how you say things. So one tip about spoken word is when you enunciate word, and this is actually a tip for speakers too, but when you enunciate words, they sound more believable. <laughs> so, so focus on your speech. Uh, focused on focus on the library of of the vocabulary of words that you have to use, and study study the grace, copy the grace, and and you'll be there in no time. A year of focused effort, and pff, you'll be on top of the game, man. But congratulations! I can't wait to 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 play this this question back when I see you on top of the world. All right. So this next one is from uh, Ryan. Hey, hey, Princey. Uh, one question I, I think hasn't been asked is, you know, how, how do we as humans manage to address things, you know, like loneliness, boredom, restlessness, anxiety in this age where we have unlimited access to these electronic devices that, you know, that stimulate it. So it's like, a, how do we address that paradox, in a, you know, in a meaningful way? I certainly believe that it has not been addressed in a meaningful way. And it certainly would be helpful, you know, to dig deeper into that. It all comes back to you. You know, it, it really all comes back to the individual. Are you able to uh, architect your life in a way that, first of all, these technologies don't interfere with your life? We kind of have to do these things, right? We, we kind of have to put our, like, I just bought this thing. Know where it is? It's a it's a box. It's kind of a lockbox that you, you you basically can put your phone into you and you you can set a timer anywhere from you know five minutes to five days, and the phone is stuck in the, in this box, and the only way to open it is to break the glass. So <laughs> it's insane, but it, it's it's the world that we live in today. So I think creating barriers is is crucial. If it's a big issue, don't sleep with your phone in your bedroom. Just just leave it outside, you know, just just leave it outside. So you won't even have the the ability to grab it in the morning when you wake up first thing. You'll grab a, a, a gratitude journal or something like that. So I think you, you have to really architect and design and curate your life in an intelligent way so that these things don't even come into your, your grasp. You're, you're not even able to to use them if you wanted to. So that's that that will be the first thing is changing your external environment. 
The second thing will be changing your internal environment, right? So when it comes to loneliness, I mean, loneliness is you don't like being with yourself. So how do you how do you improve the relationship with you, right? How do you and and for 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 me, one of the best tools that I've ever experienced is cognitive behavioral therapy. We had David Burns, who's the father of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, or as I like to call it, crushing bad thoughts. We had it. We had him on the podcast, and and he dropped a lot of jewels. But his book, Feeling Good: The New Mood Therapy, is amazing. I mean, you he, he just lays it out. The, the The books are there. The information is there. We just have to have to go for it. We just have to find the teachers, the the right mentors, the right information, uh, because it is out there. So I would say when it comes to restlessness, definitely look into the 10 cognitive distortion list that's outlined in David Burns' work, Change My Life. I've got it on my refrigerator now to this day. Uh, and secondly, you know, when it comes to restlessness, begin to train and tame the mind. The mind is, uh, is a horrible master, but a, but a great servant. And the issue is for most people, the mind is their is their master, leads the way. They truly believe that they are the voice in their head. 99% of people think that they are the voice in their head, but meditation, true meditation, deep meditation will allow you if you're lucky, because I know people who meditated for 60 years and still haven't <laughs> come to this, this, this conclusion that I have, that the, the, the great sages of, of India have, that even the great Albert Einstein said, you are not the thoughts. The idea of a separate self, as Einstein called it, is an optical delusion. Not illusion, an optical delusion. Smartest man in the history of, of the world. This was his conclusion. So meditation can take you there. Science can take you there. I lean more towards meditation, towards mindfulness practice. First thing in the morning or maybe 10 minutes in the morning, you just do a quick meditation. And the meditation doesn't have to be, you know, a mantra. It can be a mantra, whatever you like. But it, all meditation is is simply becoming aware of your thoughts, just watching them, just watching them with a non-judgmental perspective. When thoughts come up, you don't judge those thoughts. You don't judge those thoughts. You you bring yourself back to your the present moment or back to your breath, and you just observe your thoughts. Doing this practice is, is so profound. It has atomic, atomic results. Awareness practices are, are, are so, so crucial. I love this one. This, this one actually is <laughs> so fun yeah, because I tell people this and then they, they just, they, their brain glitches. Think of anything you want, anything you want other than the past or the future. What happens? You, you, you come into the now, man. This is it. The power of now. Staying present. You know, be here now. This is this is it. This mystery of the now, the mist being in the mystery of the now eliminates the the restlessness, eliminates the thinking mind. Uh, and yeah, it it all comes back. Sure, it's it's not it's not permanent as long as we are in this these human bodies with these nervous systems with these habits that we've that we formed over the may, however many years we've been alive. It, things come back. Sure, but that's just the play. Forgive yourself for, you know, for falling into the trap again. Even the Buddha, you know, when, when the Buddha got enlightened, Maya always came. Maya, which is a, a word, Sanskrit word, essentially meaning illusion. Maya always came back to tempt him, you know, and just like our, some of our thoughts can all can come back to tempt us. 
And, you know, you just smile and say, oh, here we go again, Maya. Okay. You know, you, you, as, as long as you haven't truly passed the test, the universe will keep, keep making you, keep giving it to you. So work on yourself. Um, I think ha also having a, a good community around you is key, you know, especially for things like loneliness, having, having people who've already formed the behaviors and habits that you want to form yourself is probably the fastest way in our world to attaining those states of, of, of being. I personally didn't go this route. For me, it was more of a, a solo, a solitude route, kind of a loner route, just because that's my nature. That's kind of the, the personality that I have. Uh, but there's many ways up the mountain. Like I said, I wish you all the best. The answers are all out there. Great question. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Here is the next one from Andres. Hey, Prince. Andres here from Mexico. I want to ask you, how can you find the balance between sharing and creating and not losing yourself in the process with the external world, with the timings, the stress, the loop of outer world and keeping yourself focused in your center, in your being, in your I am. Blessings, brother. Awesome question. I think it's the difference between people who focus on their reputation and their character. You know, your reputation is what people think about you. Your character is who you are. And, you know, when you're a creator, you really have to focus on how do you how do you create from a place of, of authenticity? The great sage poet rapper Jay-Z says in his uh, a, a, a track that I absolutely love called the Grammy Family Freestyle, he says the same sword, the same sword that they knight you with, they will good knight you with. You know, this is something that Rudyard Kipling <laughs> you know, said, said as well, you know, praise and blame. Look at those two falsehoods, those two illusions as the same. You've got to create, you've got to do what you do for its own sake, not for the sake of the fruits of the action. And this is tough. This is tough being in a world where you get constant feedback and constant approval, whether it's likes, shares, comments. Uh, everybody's got an opinion on your creative process, right? And this is also why the creative process is one of the best mindfulness practices as well, because it always tells you, are you in your ego or are you truly in, in a place of love, a, tra a place of, of pure service? Because if you're in your ego, you'll essentially be in a thermometer type of mindset where your your temperature is based on the room, but the, the thermostat Right. You can set it yourself. Right. You can you can change it. You can move it based on what you feel. That's acting not out of the ego, but that's acting out of a, really a stability of a, a, a strong foundation that, you know, what you're doing is is exactly what you need to be doing. It comes from a, a pure place of service. Your other question about how do you stay in the center? I love that one because, I mean, that's there's so many ways to do that. You know, you can bookend your day. Started with meditation, ended with meditation. And I love that. I love that practice. I think it might be a greater practice to actually come to that center throughout the day. You can even use technology to make an alarm on your phone every hour. It's sending you a reminder saying, breathe. Come into that present moment. We'll, we'll bring you back into the now and out of the future and out of the past, right? So what I said before. It's like, think about anything you want other than the past or the future. Just play that game. It's a game, really. <laughs> Go ahead. Be free to think about anything you want other than the past and the future. And where, where do you come to? You come to the now. Staying in that center is all about staying in the now. 
but also knowing that you're, you're, you're human, you're fallible. You know, Maya, the, the illusion is going to play, play the little games. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be, uh, you're going to make mistakes and that's fine. You know, do humans make mistakes? Yes. Are you human? Yes. Then it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, you know, to fall off the, off the wagon. Just continue to forgive yourself. Never hold a feeling of regret. You know, regret is, is toxic. I think self-forgiveness is crucial. You know, I tell people all the time, don't don't build your self-esteem. And they say, what? What do you mean don't build my self-esteem? That's what everybody tells me to do. I say, no, don't build your self-esteem. Build what's called unconditional self-acceptance. Unconditional self-acceptance and your confidence will 10x from there. Another way to stay centered is something that uh, in India, you see people walking around, they're repeating a mantra. They're repeating the name of God. So you might see people walking around like, saying Ram, 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 because they're trying to remember. They're trying to keep the name of God on the surface of their awareness. If you can do that, nothing can harm you. And so they have to do the Ram, 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 so that it becomes kind of the default position to keep your keep your attention on God, also love, also peace, also gratitude. You can say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can say now, 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 now. I invented that one, the now meditation, I like to call it. You know, Gandhi, when he was shot, the day he died, his last words were Ram, Ram, Ram. It was the name of God. So so when you can cultivate that type of awareness through practice, that is how you stay centered. Is that realistic in our in our fast-paced modern world? Maybe it is for some people. Maybe it's not. So you have to kind of find and do what works for you. You definitely have to change the neural connections in your brain so that your default mechanisms are peace, are love, are gratitude. Have a gratitude practice. I just launched a journal called Three, three Times Happier, guaranteed to make you three times happier in 60 days or your money back. It's a journal. It's a companion journal that trains you to, to keep a mindset of gratitude a mindset of thank you throughout your day. There's so many tools, tricks, techniques that you can use to stay centered. I think I just named a bunch of them. Pick the one, you know, pick your adventure and go from there. All the best to you. Thanks so much for the question. I think we got time for one more. So this one's from Sunny. Hello, Prince EA. My name is Sunny from Japan. I am 25 years old. I'm being a huge fan of you being a subscriber to your YouTube channel since 2014. I um, love you very much. Thank you for being who you are and what you're doing for the world. And I've got one question. Loving is a verb and it's a skill. It's an ability. How do you improve it? How do you improve your skill to love someone? unconditionally thank you first of all love the question love your name and thank you so much for for being a supporter for for all these years i i'd love to come to japan and meet you that's actually on the top of my top of my list <laughs> so maybe i'll uh i'll make a youtube video when i when i end up uh coming there we'll, we'll connect i wrote a poem that uh I never released, but I probably will release it. I'll read to you a little bit of it because I actually have a different, you said love's a verb, and I actually have a little different take on it. So here's here's how it goes. So they're at the altar, and then the man, he says, well, before we go forth, he tells his his future wife to 
to be, right? He says, babe, now before we go forth, I know you know that half of all marriages end in divorce. <laughs> and see, for me, that ain't lit. And guess what about second marriages? Those divorce rates are 70%. Something is wrong with this. See, I think most people think love is excitement, some sort of drug. You know that song by Beyonce, Drunk in Love. Now, now I'm not hating. What I'm trying to say is love should never leave you hurt, hung over, or intoxicated. See, me, I never wanted to fall in love because that means you can fall out of it. Me, I'd rather rise in love, elevate our consciousness. Now, some say love is a verb, but what I found, you have to be love. So in that case, it's closer to a noun. See, we got to fill ourselves up first no matter what because you can't pour anything out from an empty cup, meaning I can't give you what I don't have myself. So to love you, baby, I got to love myself first. I don't mean to sound mean, boo, but you won't complete me and I won't complete you. You don't own me and I don't own you. God does. We are products of God's love. We got to love God more than we love each other because that's the only reason we love each other. I don't think society has it right. I don't want to love you to death. I'd rather love you to life. So that's part of it. <laughs> that's part of the poem. I won't give you the whole thing. You said love is a verb. And for me, like I say in peace, love for me is a noun. You have to be it. Love is, it manifests as an action. And it certainly is a way of looking, a way of living. But love beyond the doings, it's a being. It's a coming home to your true nature. You know, I've been in a lot of relationships. <laughs> I've been in many relationships in my life. And I think every, every partner I had, they loved me in their, in their own way. And it was beautiful. I think a lot of it was, was definitely the possessive type of love. Let me tell you the difference between the possessive and the true love. The possessive type of love is conditional, right? It's like, I'll love you if, if you're with me, you know? <laughs> the, the true type of love is just love, period. And that's rare. Rumi talks about it. The great poets talk about it. The great sages talk about it. It's only attainable when there's no more duality. The most romantic thing a woman, a partner can say to me is not I love you, but it's I am you. That oneness, that non-separation is love. There's no more other. It's just one. There's no more conditions. There's no more contractions. <laughs> There's no more judgment and you really recognize the meaning of love, which truly means let others voluntarily evolve. So there's patience, there's kindness. These are just the natural manifestations of it. Now, this is when that, that verb, that action happens. Now, your question about how to cultivate, how to, how to be more skillful, that's the science, that's the art of it. And that's, that's definitely important in a romantic relationship. But true love, there's no way to it. It's already there. It's already you.
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Sauna Sessions. I so appreciate you listening. Be sure to comment. Be sure to rate. Be sure to subscribe. And yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sauna Sessions. I'll see you soon.